0: And today, Jamie, we are headed back to your beloved Oregon coast. Though, not to go hiking or sightseeing or oceanside lounging, if you will. This time,
1: we're going whale watching. Ah, that's right, Jim. One of my favorite activities on the coast. And I will say, you can go whale watching while hiking, while sightseeing, and while doing some oceanside lounging. But Jim, no matter how you decide to do it, this spring is going to be another really good opportunity to do some whale watching out on the Oregon coast. So the whales come by, the gray whales specifically, come by twice a year for their migration. In the the wintertime, they're going south to their breeding grounds uh, near Baja, Mexico. And in the springtime, they are going north to their feeding grounds off the coast of Alaska. So the spring migration is going to bring some 25,000 whales, which is going to include some newborn calves up past the Oregon coast. And as always, it's going to be a great show for anyone who's out there looking for them. Uh, and while the migration is expected to go on as usual this year, things will be a little bit different for people who are going to be looking for them on shore.
0: Yeah, things are are a little different during the coronavirus pandemic, of course, as the pandemic has prompted the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department to cancel its annual spring whale watching week. But Of course, uh, the department encourages people still to go visit the coast and do their own whale-watching excursion during the spring migration, which uh, we should note here runs from late March to about June.
1: Right. there, There is a sort of a peak whale-watching time, though, in the spring. And this year, that's going to be basically between March 20th and March 28th, which is kind of around the time the whales are usually coming here. So that's right after the first day of spring for that first week of the season. And when the state parks department says they've canceled their spring whale watch week, basically what that means is that they won't staff volunteers at these viewpoints who normally would be there to help educate people about how to see whales, about what the gray whale migration is like more about the animals, that sort of thing. It also means that the whale watching center in Depot Bay, which is sort of the capital of whale watching is going to continue to be closed as it has been throughout this entire pandemic. So without having visitors there to educate you about the migration and help you see the whales, it just requires a little bit more work for people who are maybe less experienced to try to find them themselves. Yeah, and to that end, we've put together... What I think is a pretty
0: good rundown of tips and tricks for folks who maybe haven't gone out whale watching before or want a little help, uh, you know, feeling things out for themselves. So, without further ado, Jamie, you are the expert on this topic. And by expert, (laughs) I mean you have been out whale watching a number of times yourself. We've already covered uh, kind of the first key thing, which is when to go. But Jamie, why don't we jump in to what you need to bring with you? This isn't a very gear intensive activity.
1: No, not usually. I mean, you need your eyeballs first and foremost. I mean, that's kind of like your only got to bring those. <laughs> yeah. Aside from that, <laughs> having a good pair of binoculars, I will say is, is, you know, as close to the the only gear that you would need um, or having if you have a, a camera with a good telephoto lens that works as well. Um, that's pretty much all you need of course, it being the Oregon coast, you know, rain gear is something that's nice to have with you. Um, check the forecast before you go, obviously. But if there's a chance that you're going to be standing outside in the rain, it, it gets pretty rough out there on the coast this time of year. So make sure that you have, you know, some some good rain gear, extra change of clothes, some towels maybe in the car, just in case you you get wet. But otherwise, basically, if you're looking for whales, you just need to bring something that helps you see them.
0: And find a good spot to go. So what actually makes for a good perch to go whale watching?
1: Yeah, I mean, being high up helps. Um, Being where the whales are going to pass also helps. It's a little bit of a crapshoot. People need to have patience when they're going whale watching. That's really important because no matter where you go, you have to understand that you may go home having not seen any whales or you may go home having seen dozens upon dozens of whales so when you're looking for a, a good spot to find them i think first and foremost just you know know that that doesn't mean that you're 100% going to go see a whale when you're there but if you want to up your chances a little bit i'd say finding somewhere like i said that's that's a little bit high up um that uh you know a lot of capes are good spots to do that places where you have a wide field of vision um, so being like lower on a beach, it's kind of hard to see past the surf, right? To really be able to spot the spouts. So that's why having a little bit of height, it helps you out. Um, somewhere where you can sort of scan the ocean, um, as far as you can see is good. Um, and then, you know, places that are kind of either jutted out into the ocean, you know, um, capes like Cape Lookout is a good spot to do this or anywhere the whales might be stopping off to feed. So like kelp beds off of Depot Bay for example, are really popular among gray whales. So you might be able to stop off at somewhere like, say, Boiler Bay and see gray whales feeding in the kelp beds there.
0: That all makes good sense, Jamie. And walk me through a little bit of the technique that you're going for here. You're not just kind of looking out into the ocean into one spot for hours at a time with your vision trained on one specific area. (laughs) At least I sure hope not, because that does not sound incredibly appealing. What's the technique that goes
1: into this? Yeah. Usually the technique is sort of this um, side to side scanning. That's kind of what they say. And that's what I try to do as well. So, I mean, if you say you have your binoculars out, you're um, at a a good spot, a good cliffside spot, maybe looking out at the ocean, you got your binoculars up to your eyes and what I like to do is just kind of scan slowly left to right and then slowly back the other way, right to left. It, it can be a little bit tedious, but I mean, you're looking out at the ocean and it's a beautiful sight. And so instead of thinking about like, you know, how frustrated you are that you're not seeing anything, it's easy to just kind of um, think more about how beautiful is this sight that I'm looking at, you know, back and forth, left to right. So as you're kind of doing this scanning, what you're looking for is a spout, so um, what that means is, you know, like a lot of other whales, gray whales, when they come up to the surface, they'll exhale and breathe in. And when they exhale, they'll exhale as sort of a spout of water. It just basically looks like a sort of a puff of mist into the air. And that's what you're looking for. That's how you know they're out there. And once you see one, then it's pretty easy to be able to start tracking the whales as you go. You might see two or three in the same vicinity, and then as they're, they, they, dive back down, you, you're able to sort of track them as they go and you can see the spouts as they puff up, you know, a little bit farther north or whichever direction they're traveling. So that, that's kind of like the, the main thing that you're looking for there. Um, and once you see that, like I said, then, then it, the game is really afoot and it, everything really starts to turn a little bit more exciting. And so,
0: Jamie, I'll I'll admit my lack of credential here. I'm uh, what you would call an extreme novice, a.k.a. I have never gone out specifically looking for whales. I do kind of like many of us probably, uh, you know, I think I saw one out there, but I'm not quite sure, you know, other time, (laughs) at least one other time that I can think of off the top of my head. But you're out there looking for these spouts, also looking for whale flukes right so what a lot of folks would consider to be the tail
1: right right the gray whales have a very distinctive looking fluke it, it looks kind of like a triangle um, like an arrow and the fluke will come out of the water usually when the whales are diving deeper so kind of they have this rhythm where they'll take a few breaths and the swim kind of near the surface and then they'll take a really big breath and dive deeper down to swim a little farther and when they do that, you can see the tail start to arch. And it doesn't happen every time, but a lot of times what will happen is once that tail arches, they'll lift the fluke out of the air as it dives back under the surface. And it's just a, a really, you know, it's a really cool sight to see, I think, for me anyway, and, and for people who like this sort of thing, to be able to see the fluke of the whale go under. Um, it leaves kind of a, a distinctive, what they call a fluke print in the water of the shape of its tail. That's a really, really cool thing you're looking for there. Um, so, I mean, aside from the spouts, you might see a fluke. Um, you might see that, that sort of the back end of its back or its tail as it comes out of the water. And a little bit more rarely, you will see a gray whale, uh, jump out of the water, which is what's known as breaching. Uh, that's something that like humpback whales do a lot. I think people are used to seeing pictures of humpbacks doing these big dramatic acrobatics into the air. Um, and gray whales don't do it as often, but it, it does happen every now and then. So, that's another thing to look out for. And if you do see it, just consider yourself very lucky and uh, enjoy that fleeting moment while it lasts. Sounds
0: like a stroke of luck. And it, you know, underscores uh, what you referenced earlier in the show today, which is bring your patients to the Oregon coast, you know, bring your rain jacket, bring your binoculars, bring your patients. It's kind of It's not guaranteed that you're going to see a bunch of whales or even any whales. Um, But Jamie, you tossed one other tip in a story of yours that I read earlier this week. They can kind of help folks, uh, you know, at least have an idea of where the whales might be.
1: Yeah, Jim, that is keeping an eye out for whale watching boats. So in places like Depot Bay, especially sometimes in in Newport, too, uh, there's a, a pretty robust whale watching industry. Um, And this is actually for folks who maybe don't have the patience to stand on shore, uh, who want to get out in the water. Whale watching tours are offered um, largely in Depot Bay, and it's a really, really great way to get a little bit closer to the whales. These captains are very knowledgeable about the patterns of the whales and, you know, which ones maybe live around the area, uh, which ones are migrating, how to find them, and they're super educational as well. And those whale watching tours are still ongoing right now, just with some more, um, you know, pandemic precautions in mind. So face masks and the limited number of people allowed on a boat. But if, if folks want to get out there and see whales a little bit easier, a little bit closer, whale watching tours are a super fun way to do that. And I highly recommend that. But for folks who are just standing on shore, the whale watching boats can also be a good indication of where whales will be. Because, you know, these people out on the water know exactly where the whales are going, where they like to be. So if you see a whale-watching boat out there, and you can usually tell them from fishing boats. Um, fishing boats are often going to be a lot deeper out in the ocean. You just look for the boats and look where they're going. And you can usually see a whale pop up nearby, especially if they're just hanging out there waiting for it to happen. It's not a guarantee, but it is a really good thing to look out for if you're looking for those whales. Good deal,
0: Jamie. Well, I have a few more questions, especially about what spots specifically are best for whale watching on the Oregon coast. But first, let's take a short break. Okay, we are back talking about whale watching on the Oregon coast. And Jamie, we've gone through a bunch of good tips and tricks, what to bring, how to find a good spot, you name it. But let's go a little bit deeper here. What are some specific spots you'd recommend folks visit for whale watching here in the coming
1: weeks? Yeah, there are, like I said before, a lot of really, really good spots to go. Um, We mentioned before being high up, having a good, uh, good view of the ocean is good. And there are some specific spots that a lot of people like to go to for that exact reason, um, for the purpose of seeing whales. So uh, first though, I, I really have to sort of mention Depot Bay is sort of the gray whale capital of the Oregon coast. I think they literally call themselves that because this is the spot where some whales, you know, at some point in history just pulled off their migration and decided just to hang out in Depot Bay full time. So they know whales there and it's also a place where you can um, go to some spots to see them. So uh, Boiler Bay is a really popular spot. It's a little turn turnoff um, just off of 101. And there's a nice sort of grassy area. Um, it's a great spot for wave watching as well. And for bird watching, it's a really good spot for anyone who's looking for some of that wilder wildlife on the ocean. Um, and then just in town in Depot Bay, when the Whale Watch Center is open, that's a great spot to go. And, you know, any of the, those little parks along the way are going to be good spots to see it. Um, just down the road, Devil's Punchbowl, uh, the upper viewpoint is another spot I like to go for storm watching or for whale watching. Cape Kawanda is another spot where you get a nice view of the ocean up there in Pacific City. And then another one on the north coast is Ecola State Park. Um, we've talked about this a little bit before. It's a great state park that has some trails up on the cliffs overlooking the ocean, and you get just a, such a great view looking out. So that's another spot to go if you're up there on the north coast. It's kind of closer in to the the Portland area. Um, you know, heading down a little farther south, uh, I love Cape Perpetua as a place to watch whales. There is a um, sort of a stone shelter viewpoint at the upper parking lot that um, – it just gives a fabulous view of the ocean and you should be able to see some whales there when they're migrating. And actually, Jim, the Sea Lion Caves is another spot I like to go to. People go there, of course, to see the sea lions in the caves, but it's just a really well-situated viewpoint to look out at the ocean as well. So that's that's another one of my favorites. And uh, to throw one more in there, um, Terry Richard, the former Oregonian travel writer, Used to talk about Cape Farlow on the southern Oregon coast um, as like the place to see whales, and I have never gone whale watching there, so I can't um, speak for it myself. But it, you know, it is a beautiful spot there in the Samuel H. Boardman State Scenic Corridor, where there's a lot of viewpoints and places to go out and look at the ocean. So I, I would definitely trust him as uh, when it comes to looking at whales there too.
0: Man, so what it comes down to essentially is. Pick a spot with a wide sweeping view of the ocean, set up shop, make yourself comfortable, maybe grab some seafood or whatever your favorite Oregon coast meal is, set up shop and and scan the ocean. Pretty good setup, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good way to approach it, Jim. Have a picnic out there or a day out there and just look for whales. If you see them, you you do. And if you don't, then you've had a nice day out there.
0: Mesh as well with COVID times, you know, being able to Mm -hmm. to kind of sit out and, and do something that hopefully is at least not in the immediate vicinity of other folks outside your party. And one thing we should note too, Jamie, is this migration happens twice a year. So you can take notes and come back next winter to check the December migration.
1: That's right. It's usually about the last week of December is is when they pass by Oregon going south. A little stormier, a little rainier of an experience usually, but sometimes you look out and get some beautiful weather, as I have a couple times, um, and then it, then it just turns into just a... Oh, a wonderful time to go whale watching out there
0: and i think we'd be remiss to wrap up this episode jamie without mentioning other opportunities to uh, go wildlife watching on the coast specifically checking out the orcas up in washington
1: state oh jim you know i love the orcas oh yes i do (laughs) that that is um you know you can call it whale watching people do Uh, orcas are technically a large dolphin um so I mean if you want to get technical it's not whale watching but orca watching is is certainly a whole other game and it is um a, a really fabulous um activity to do out there but one that that has been changing pretty dramatically um just this past year actually so it used to be that you could go up to the San Juan Islands and out of Friday Harbor or Roche Harbor or some of these other ports on San Juan Island a lot of uh, of orca watching tours ran out of there where you could see the Southern resident orcas who have been struggling a lot in the last few decades or um, transient orcas who swim in and out of the area and come and go as they please. It was just a really perfect spot to see these animals out in the water. You know, they are just, um, they're brilliant animals. They're the alpha predators of the ocean to see one of them in, in the wild is of just a phenomenal experience. Jim, I don't know if you've, if you've ever seen an orca, but I mean, it, I've never seen an animal that strikes inspiration and fear into my heart all in like the the same moment. Oof. It's really
0: something. I I have not seen one in the wild and uh refresh my memory on when the best time is to go see the orcas uh, up in near the San Juan's.
1: Yeah, it's usually kind of like the the summer months. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh I want to say it's like you know like June to September is pretty much kind of the best time to see them. But I mean, that's that's for the southern residents who, you know, live primarily in the San Juan Islands. I mean, these transient orcas are out there just all the time and you never know when one's going to pop up. Um, I was staying in Lincoln City for New Year's Eve once and woke up and looked out the the window of the hotel room and saw a few transient orcas just feeding on sea lions out there Uh in the water. That's a sight. Just got lucky to see it and and it was amazing. And so every now and then you may see an orca out there. And in fact, when the gray whales migrate north every spring, oftentimes uh, orcas will come up beside them because it's a bit grim, I guess, but um, orcas feed on gray whale calves uh, pretty frequently. It's kind of an easy target for them to get. And gray whales are bigger and slower and they can't really stop the orcas. So it, it could be you may see some orca action when you're out there looking for great whales out in the Oregon coast. But typically, if you want to see that, going up in Washington is the place you want to go up to the San Juan Islands or Vancouver Island or anywhere in that area. Um, but I will say, Jim, before I wrap it up here in orcas, that whale watching there, orca watching specifically, has been severely limited. I think it was just this year that Governor Inslee signed the order that is restricting when and how often and how close whale watching tours can get to orcas. So this is ostensibly done as a way to protect the orcas, you know, boat traffic, boat noise, really kind of messes with their sonar and their ability to hunt. And while the, the real issue here is large freighters going through the area, it's not really whale watching boats. The whale watching associations have sort of, sort of been a, a useful scapegoat. I think for people who can't really do, anything better, like, you know, remove the dams. I mean, that's a big issue. Um, you know, limiting freighter traffic is a big issue. So this has kind of emerged as the one thing to quote unquote, save the orcas is to, you know, limit the, the whale watching activity out there. So it's a little bit more difficult to do that these days, but if you're able to go out there, it I think it'll still be a beautiful scene. If you can see some orcas hanging around there in the San Juan Islands.
0: Lovely, Jamie. Well, something to check out in the summer for sure. In the meantime, though, plenty of good action here on the Oregon coast. Well, folks, as we wrap things up for today, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest, and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com travel. Please leave us a rating or a review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show was produced by me, Jim Ryan,
1: alongside Jamie Hale and Elliot News. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.